I'm Austin. And I'm Zach. And between two cups of coffee and good conversation, we'll talk about everything from A to Z. It ties into um, kind of what I've been thinking about this week. Of, or, And I was listening to a podcast this morning, but they have basically, you know, we, we are, you are what you think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are... You do what you think about, like that, um, and so just the whole mindset of we can get ourselves into a rut and run down that rut. Yeah. Um, and that's where um, it, it's just a. It's been a real. I mean, moving from job to job and looking at it that way, it's like, okay, what am I? What am I telling myself that is causing me to stay or do or whatever? Right. But um, do whatever I want. I don't know. I'm not. Whatever I am doing in the moment, that's what I'm telling myself I need to do. Or it may not be the right thing. Yeah. Like, I but it's the right now thing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. what I'm told right now. But. Um, yeah, and I think, I think that's. I think human beings, like just in general. I think where we are in life is a byproduct of like what our intent is day to day. Cause because we're so adaptable, like you do something consistently for enough days in a row, like it's normal. Like you get, it's crazy how quickly we acclimate to things and that can be good or bad. Yeah, so like you get you for like, I think that's why people get vacation hangovers too. Cause they try and put all their fun in like one or two weeks and you get a vacation hangover. You're like, shit. Like I've, I've been doing this for two weeks now. Now I got to go immediately back to that. This is what's comfortable now. Yeah. And you're in that. You almost feel worse coming back. I, at least I have whenever whenever I've taken like a week vacation. If I'm not doing something I love, yeah. When I come back, it's not like I'm recharged and refreshed, which is what a vacation. It just makes me realize how much like I don't want to go back. Exactly. How much you don't. Instead like of instead of being like, okay, I'm refreshed and ready to get back to work. It's like, can we can we have another six weeks of this? Yeah. Yeah, that, it's the, and then that's where, when from a financial point, that's where a lot of people come with, they go on vacation to get away from that. Yeah. And spend the credit cards or they spend extra money and they come back and then they hate the job and mm. then they hate the credit card <laughs> bill that came in the next month. Then they don't want to pay it because they're like, <laughs> man, that wasn't even worth it. So yeah, it's not worth it. That, then now they're, you know, they feel that guilt of, now I've got 10000 in credit yeah. card debt. And I'm not happy. Yeah. So did you, how much, did you watch quite a bit of that David Goggins? I watched stuff it, or? I watched it all, yeah. Oh, you did? Both of them. What was your takeaway from that guy? I need to, I mean, I need to step it up, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, it just, his attitude and his, his, um, I mean, no excuses. And that's, yep. that's where, something I've, I've always believed but then on the other side of it, I've always been like, I mean, we're human. We're gonna find excuses. Yeah. And to if we don't do what we say we're gonna do, we're gonna find an excuse. Right. And so, but for him to come across with that and all the things that he did, I'm not. I mean, thirty miles with shin splints and mm. fractures in yeah. his legs, and and he had already run like seventy. Yeah. Like yeah. just even I mean just running a marathon to me yeah. is, is, is a, a lot. Yeah, I attempted I attempted one and I got nineteen miles and I felt like my feet were gonna break. <laughs> like so to do a hundred miles 
And to never train, like he didn't even train yeah, for it. He, he just, was like powerlifting and stuff. And he was like, I think, I think he said he was like two sixty five at that time running that. So like, you think about a marathon runner or the ultra marathon runners are tiny. Yeah. They're like one hundred and thirty yeah, pounds exactly. at the most. They're probably more like a hundred pounds or like they're they're small. And it, I just, I mean, it just blew my mind. Like the, the even the thought of just running a hundred miles. Yeah. And then. And one sitting. And then he sits there and he's like, well, it's like, it was what he had, like, 24 hours? Yeah, he had, he had 24 hours to do it. I mean, 24 hours to run 100 miles, and you're, I mean, you're, I mean, he, he I'm surprised he even got to 70. Yeah. You know, at the, That's the, a the lot. first, with the first initial push. Um, I mean, there's no telling what, in, in the middle of that, like, did he rest every, ten, you know, 20 or... Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I just, but that's, that's where our mind is. Like, do we, our mind says, there's no way I can do that. Mm-hmm. There's no way I, me can do that. And so you sit there with that and like, oh, well that guy's superhuman. Yeah. And so that he's him and I'm, yeah. I'm he's me. always been, but the great thing about his story is he wasn't always that way. Exactly. That's what's, he was, he was a cockroach spared eco lab. Yeah. And to go from that and three hundred pounds to in the matter, I think he lost hundred pounds in three months. Yeah. To make uh, the minimum Navy SEAL requirements, yeah. it's like. Dude. And what do you attribute that to? Um, you, how do you think he was able to transform from who he was as a kid to being Navy SEAL and running, you know, all of that? I think, I think the just from my take on what I think is possible. We all have that voice in our head that knows what our best is. Like you've got, you've at least like with me, I've got that voice that knows like what the absolute best thing to do is right now. And like, do I hit snooze on that? Or do I do like it varies from decision to decision. But I think, I think he went all in on just completely trusting that voice of like what the absolute best and going with it. He's like, what if, what if I do this for three months, you know, I think you get fed up and tired with, I think we can get lulled into complacency and it's, it's suffocating, like just being comfortable, but like not completely satisfied and being at like 60% of like where you want to be or 50% of where you want to be and being like, well, you know, I'm surviving and I'm, I'm okay. And you know, if, if something major does come up, yeah, that would be stressful, but most of the time it doesn't. So I don't have to really stress. Yeah. I think being in that weird middle, the, the middle where you focus your time on pleasing others, but you can never please, you can never please everybody, no matter how catering you are, someone's always going to find flaws. So if you spend your time trying to do that, you then yourself aren't making yourself happy because you're not doing it, A, and you're compromising the things you want to do to make other people happy. So you're in this weird middle, and it's just like you got to go on in on, like, what do you think the music inside you is? What do you think makes you best? And, like, what when you think about doing something for at least, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, how does it make you feel? Like, yeah. if, you, if, you're, if you're, like... If you take that vacation and you're not excited to come back because you're like, man, this gave me inspiration for this and this and this and this, you're in the wrong thing. Yeah. You know? And, and you need to start a plan to work towards mm-hmm. that thing. I mean, 
from based on you know those videos with him, with David Goggins is it's the like he said we are we work on a forty percent capacity mm-hmm. like that is our what our normal is and and to think that that is less than half yeah like where could you be mm-hmm. if you just turn it up a notch it yeah. doesn't have to be turn it up to full sixty percent even, for, left, even but, forty to sixty is a big difference yeah exactly like extra twenty percent effort per day how much is that going to compound yeah. And then where's our mind in that? And where where do we, you know, where do we think we are each day? We think we're at 85, 90 mm-hmm. each day. Yeah. But if we're really, if we're really at 40 compared to where we think we are, then, I mean, just imagine we're like. What does that look like over the span of five years? Like yeah. 10 years? 20 years? What is, how big does that gap grow? You know? So why? Why do it? You know, why make the extra effort? Like, why should you make the extra yeah. effort? Yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people, you know, they, you know, the overachievers are, they have their, like, I want to be the overachiever. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to show people that I'm this, I'm that, I'm better, I'm, I'm the best or whatever. But what about the people that are, sit back and like, I don't really care to be the best? See, that's... That's where I think that has to be answered inside yourself. Like, I think, I think we're so unique as people. Like, each person has, you know, unique experiences. Um, slightly, there's no one person that's made the exact same choices throughout their whole life. Like, it, we're, we're unique. And I think that comes within you based on your experiences, based on um, what your desires are. Like, it's, it's finding something in you that it's like, I want to do this for me. Like... I want to put, I want to get good at this for me. Like it might not make any money. It might, nobody might watch this, but like I'm doing it, I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it because I feel it's something I have to do. So it's almost like an obligation to like yourself. I think that like, I don't think people focus enough time trying to find that. They just, we're, we're at 18 years old and for whatever reason we're told, okay, you're done learning. You know, society tells you, okay, you're done learning as far as like growing your mind, more like not concrete or skill specific stuff. It's like, okay, all of your, all of your big thinking and stuff gets out of the way at 18 and then you find a skill and you go after it and that's it. And it's like, that's not how it is. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder back before like modern civilization, as we know it, kind of like before industrial revolution, stuff like that. I wonder how long the period, the transition period was between like childhood teenager and like adulthood as far as like when you're, I wonder what that process looked like. Cause f- here it's, I, f- I feel like nowadays there's not really a like window of like growing up. I mean, I guess that's what college is for. That's what it's supposed to be for. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, we all see that it, it doesn't help. Like, you learn textbook type stuff, but you don't learn life skills exactly. as far as, like, how to handle yourself, how to make hard decisions, all that stuff. So, I wonder what that process used to look like and, like, how do we stray away? Because you got to think where we were as humans, you know, think about, think about Moses' times. Like, they had to walk. Those yeah. dudes had to walk out of Egypt. And now that's... You can get anywhere in the world in under in under two days. Yeah. 
from any location. Like, it's, it's insane. Um, so, like, we're obviously resilient, a resilient species, and we're, we've gotten to a point where we have made this planet work for us, you know? And so we have that kind of capability, but, like, where is that loss to where so many people just end up dying a copy of other people? when they could have had a unique thing that they could have impacted the world with. Yeah. I mean, I think like, it's that initial, um, you have to have an initial thought that there's, um, that we're here for a reason, not just to live. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. And so you have to have, there's something bigger and better there. And so if you can figure that out and then, you know, from a, um, you know, if we're here for a reason, and that and that reason is for God's will, mm-hmm. then we have um, our purpose. What is our purpose in that, in in His will? Because mm-hmm. His will is that all men come to Him, and that's the 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 trueness of it. Now, we have to live in this physical life. We have to be here. We have to, you know, feed ourselves, and we have to right. live. So there's a, a a physical aspect to it. So now you start thinking, okay, where is my, what is my role in, that plays into his will? Yeah. Where do they, where do those two converge? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you're trying to, that's what everybody's trying to figure out mm-hmm. is, what is my purpose? What is my purpose with God's purpose? Mm-hmm. Like what are, how do those two merge? And if you can find that, it, it gives you that strength and that power. And I mean, it, it I think that is what kind of helps you, you know, move from that 40 to 60%. But from David Goggins' perspective, I mean, he probably wasn't sitting there thinking, I'm running this 100-mile thing, and he may not have known his purpose or his Mm -hmm. um, idea of what he does now. Yeah. But he, you know, now he's like, I want to impact the world in this way. Yeah. And for this reason. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, I don't think we'll ever know. We, we never know exactly where we are today mm-hmm. of what that impact is going to be yeah. in years from now. And I think he's a good example. Him and Jeff Bezos are two good examples of when you, when you stress your mental capacity, like you go from that 40% and then what at the time is 90%. There, you like unlock a new level almost, and then that ninety percent then becomes seventy or fit or whatever. I think I think it's scalable, um, because I think your brain gets so efficient at doing things, like our our brain. I forget the exact data, but I think something like seventy or eighty percent of our brain's function is just um, patterns and habits. Yeah. It's just things that it can do on autopilot so you can spend time thinking or whatever, daydreaming, yeah. whatever. So it likes to do run things in the background. Um, so my, my point in saying that, you, you run 100 miles for eight weekends in a row. I mean, that's what he, he did. He ran eight 100-mile races eight weeks in a row which is crazy. Normally after you run a hundred mile race, you're out for six months recovering. So he did it. So you, you unlock that. I mean, your potential is different. Yeah. I believe after that, like same with Jeff Bezos, there's a, there's a uh, photo of him that I saw the other day when they were first starting Tim and his little desk, um, small, like 
I'd say probably eight by 10 office, maybe a six by eight office, something small. Desk takes up most of the room. He's got a banner spray painted that says amazon.com. And, you know, his 100% at that time is different than his 100% now. Absolutely. Ba- based on his influence, his reach. And, and you hope it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it's grown. And, like, I'm sure he didn't... Even even if he was optimistic, I I don't know if, if he saw it this big when he was selling books. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Well, that's, I think that's key is you don't want to put a cap on it. Mm-hmm. Once you put a cap on it, you're going to reach it and you're going to stop. Yep. Um, it, and, I mean, that's why you have to have what what they call the B hack. I can't remember who 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 uh, maybe Jim Collins, but the big hairy audacious goal. Okay. Like you want something so far out there that yeah. you can't even imagine accomplishing. Because um, now you have to have your your other goals. That way you. You, I mean, you have to have those milestones that you do hit so that mm-hmm. it keeps you motivated to keep going. But you got to have something out there. Like, you know, for me, it's, you know, my business is, I have what I can picture in my head, mm-hmm. but I'm not limiting it to that picture. Like right. There's, I mean, what I think of today is nine times, I mean, probably not going to be the same, you know. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. If it now. is, <laughs> if it is... Ed Milet has this good saying. Ed Milet's a he's like a performance coach. He's like he's the guy that a lot of baseball players call like when they're in a slump or something like that. Um, he helps. It, it's a mind thing a lot of times when you're when you're not hitting, it's your mind, and so he helps them get out of that slump. But he he has a belief that it's being grateful for where you are, but knowing that's not enough. Yeah. So. He's thankful for where he's at, the person he is. He loves the person he is. But he knows a year from now, it's not adequate for where he wants to be. Yeah. It's just, it's not adequate. It's like, sorry, I love you. Like, you're doing great. I love where you're heading. I love the choices you're making. But for where I want to go, we need some improvement. And even if that's a little bit day by day, like, we just need some improvement. To, if if I want to take you where I know you want to be. Yeah. So it's 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 being honest with yourself on both sides, but not hating yourself, and getting into where people that have like eating disorders and stuff they beat themselves up consistently, and there's no payoff of like you're doing good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean the um, the biggest thing for I mean we, we just tying to the mind whole mindset is we we are what we think about, we are who we hang around with, mm-hmm. and so if you hang around with people that you don't want to be then you're going to end up you know being that person mm-hmm. and so because you're telling yourself that that's okay you're telling mm-hmm. yourself in that subconscious mind of hey this is I like these people this is, this is okay this yeah. is you know what I want and so you know having their, your maybe friends that you've had for you know 20 years or whatever mm-hmm. but it's someone that you may not may, maybe they don't have the same aspirations or same motivation that you yep. do now um and and say so the more you hang around with them the lower that you know acceptability in your mind goes. yeah you kind of lower your frequency yeah. to theirs rather than having a high frequency for wanting big things and yeah. and then when you have the you know you said we were talking about going to that 90 percent and you go you get up to that 90 percent um but that as you do more at 90 percent it kind of brings you back now you have a yeah 
like, your your floor raises. Exactly. So like, are we ever gonna reach that capacity? Yeah. yeah. And from from David Goggins' perspective, he's like, we're we're working at a forty percent, and I think that's why he put it so low. Mm-hmm. Because you, by the time you get up to eighty, that hundreds moved. Yeah. To one hundred fifty, you know, yeah. now you're still far away from it, because you're, we are creatures of habit, and we are able to do more the more we do it mm-hmm. like the first time I did a pro- I you know, managed a project was horrible like mm. I did it but it wasn't efficient and so the more efficient the more things you can do within that minute within that hour mm-hmm. within that day and so now like the first day I did you know a major project I'm I'm at Hundred percent capacity yeah. in my mind. You're stressing out. You're like, holy smokes. Let me let me check the soil. Let me taste it. Make sure <laughs> make sure everything's perfect. So and yeah. Then, you know, six weeks later when I've had you know, you know, three projects or you know three major projects in, my day is so much different mm-hmm. now that I'm at maybe I'm at I'm managing three projects in that day. Yep. And I'm at seventy percent capacity. Yeah. You know, I'm not at that hundred anymore. And you're also doing another task. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're able. You're like, okay, I got that. It's like, what what's so fascinating? It's a lot of work up front, like as far as like going after something or building a business or learning a new skill, like to do it correctly and do it easily. Like as far as long term, easily. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't say easy is the right word. Um, I'd say more efficiently. Yeah, yeah. You take you take your mental energy up front to really learn the skill, make all the mistakes, like just jump in, and then most times it only takes you know depending on the difficulty of the skill, a few weeks to get decent at it to you know for harder, more challenging things, several months, maybe even a year. But in the in the grand scheme of things, a year is not that long. Um, So you do that work up front, and then you've learned it, you've got it. And it's just maintenance at that point to keep the skill. And then you can kind of almost put it on autopilot a little bit. Like, yeah, you got to think about it, but it's your wire. Like, you've made that wiring connection in your brain to know how to do it and do it well and efficiently. Absolutely. And that's where you, I think that's where people can get into that slump of, I'm always reaching for something that's not attainable or not not achievable. Mm -hmm. And they get demotivated Mm -hmm. because of that. Like, so how do we, how do you, um, how do you think we can, I mean, you get away from that, that moral or that motiva- motivation, a lack of motivation from that thought? So I think in order to do that, we need to reframe how we look at failure. Um, so Good point. You, have to, you have to love and embrace failure in order to really get where you want to get. Like my goals for this week, I failed at probably half of them. But like, so I, so I probably failed at half of my goals this week, but I made them difficult. Like I made, I made the goals I had difficult and like for the quality I want and for the timeline, I wanted to get it done and the workload and everything that I have going on. I made them difficult and hard to reach. Like it, it's like when I, when I plan my goals, it's like, okay, if I had a perfect week, what is it? What does it look like right now? And that's, they're going to move as I get better. Yeah. Like it's going to be, it's going to be you know something more difficult or learning a new skill or whatever but if I don't hit them that's great because 
if I hit if if I hit my best goals, then I have no way to get better. Yeah. So if you set so those you goals, yeah, if you set those goals to where like maybe you didn't get them more like, you still were like I hit the goal, but like, I'd say it was seventy percent quality, you know, versus the hundred percent quality I want. So doing those goals to where they're hard to hit and you know you hit some of them and you feel good about those ones you did hit and then the ones you don't hit you're like that's great because celebrate those wins that you hit and then um the ones you didn't you're like okay how do we re-strategize for next week to hit it yeah and so that's failure is just showing all it is is exposing like what you did wrong that's all failure and like wrong isn't bad either it's just wrong is learning yeah exactly so if you can get comfortable and accepting of failure is good and failure builds you up and failure helps you grow then you've got to look at it that way because if you set goals and and you're taught that like you know in school it's a's or if you don't get a's like you're you're a bad student you're you're a bad kid you're a troubled kid you're dumb you know instead of I don't know it's just how how we as society look at failure I think causes people to get demotivated by not hitting goals but it's like that's part of the process that's good that means that means you you attempted something that was difficult if you yeah. fail if there's room for failure then that means you're you're getting the right goals absolutely I mean Edison with the light bulb what is it mm-hmm. I always say like he had 900 and something times mm-hmm. that he failed but then he's like um or he i think he attested as 990 times that he figured out how it didn't work Mm -hmm. so it wasn't a failure it was more of a hey this is what doesn't work so let me figure out what works so you got to keep at it or keep at that and that's where in our that's where our different personalities are different how we think how we operate personally affects our day to day is because the way I think, the way I do things, the way I'm, I learn, the way I, um, you know, manage things is different than most. Is different than anybody. Yeah. So I've got to know know that within myself. I can't put myself with, oh, I I have to learn the way he learns, or I have to wait learn you learn, and so if I do if I do that, I'm capping myself to someone else's standard that I can't meet. And now, not saying we have our own standard that we can meet, because we, you know, will that that standard continues to rise. But I think we have to, um, at least some at some level, decide. Okay, this is where my um, this is me, mm-hmm. and, and how do I, you know, learn and and grow from this? So when I do this thing, did it do well? Yeah, and that's where <laughs> rabbit trail. But the, the twenty twenty, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's not twenty twenty. Yep. Because, yeah, you have more knowledge. Mm-hmm. But even with that more knowledge, you're gonna make a decision that, you know, thirty minutes from now you would have made a different decision. Yeah. And thirty minutes from then you'd have made another. You know, so it's an ongoing mm-hmm. different mindset because you have more knowledge. You have more wisdom behind it. Mm-hmm. As long as you're thinking about it. Yeah. If you don't care, then you're not even thinking where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's a big thing. Like, I remember when I was a kid, and, like, I'd, I'd get in an argument at school or whatever, and, like, maybe I lost the verbal argument, 
and then you're sitting in the shower like three hours later you're like I could have said this I should have said that I'd, oh if I'd have told him that he wouldn't have known what to do yeah. so it's like yeah the, the more you think about something you're like oh okay I I can see more there's more data there's you know what you're saying you know 30 minutes from now if you're thinking about something for 30 minutes yeah it's gonna be a totally different concept yeah. like that's that's the big thing that doing like the ads for me like making the marketing videos and like doing the whole process of filming and I'm thinking at the end of mine like okay how am I going to market this not just creating the film so that starts from the camera movement so like thinking it thinking about the end product backwards beginning with the end yeah. of mine yeah and what I thought I was going to do in the beginning I I do extra footage I just film as much as I can and try and do movements and all this stuff to try and just give me options and I had a general like template that I was going to do and then once I got all the footage together I'm like oh no I could do this and I had to add like two more things of footage like later that I didn't need to be at the location for but like it's a totally different concept and it grows and it gets better and it has improvement the more you like concentrate on it so like a big part of like this week was really brainstorming just looking at the footage brainstorming how it's going to all come together how it's going to be the most appealing and then the editing process is I'm getting better and better at it so what used to take me 20 plus hours to edit I can do in like 14 which that's that's big improvement from week to week so if I keep just practicing at it then eventually that's going to be something I can do in four to six hours so I'm going to know all the hot keys I'm going to know exactly what I'm looking for I'm not going to be like I'm doing just a lot of testing right now like I was watching this uh, podcast called Impact Theory and um, he had a guest on there that was he was raised by two scientists and it taught him to approach his life using the scientific method so it's like what's my hypothesis as far as like what do I want to do what's my hypothesis I'm going to butcher the scientific method because I don't know it that well but basically testing getting data readjusting new hypothesis testing getting data back like it's just a constant process of that in your own personal life and so if i approach it that way it's like okay let me test let me try doing this knowing that like working hard at something is part of like getting accurate data back absolutely so like not get almost trying to take the emotion out of it but it's like you almost look at it like scientific like okay if i the data is not going to be accurate if i'm if my effort isn't you know it, within this desired range the 70 to 80 percent or whatever um if it's not in if i'm not giving my best effort then the data is going to be skewed and my experiment makes no sense anyway yeah you know absolutely i mean the way um we do that subconsciously mm-hmm. all the time like we're always gathering data testing our thought mm-hmm. and then going back and oh well that didn't work yeah <laughs> no that conversation didn't go well yeah or <laughs> yeah. you know whatever it may be and you were talking about your your you know editing and stuff and you know when you first start that you in my head like when i start anything i want to be the most efficient mm. first off right off the bat yeah like, i have that's my mind like, i want to be michelangelo i want to be <laughs> michelangelo day one yeah of I bought my first paintbrush, and it's like, okay, I'm Michelangelo now. I have to be. And that's, like, that's that's where my mind is. And so you have to, and I'm sure most people are that way, but we have to, um, we have to, you have to get away from that and and accept failure. Mm -hmm. Accept some of that, oh, I didn't do that well. 
I didn't do that well. But you can't just not do it well and then never think about it. Mm. Like there has to be that reflection of what did go well, what didn't, and how do I? I mean, just the practice of editing and and um, like when you're filming, even practicing, like filming it, you know, or you start to see, okay, this angle's better for this, mm. or, or or I need to be thinking, you know, begin with the end in mind. You aren't thinking, oh, I need to video this part over here yeah and, and so i mean me not knowing anything about it i can just see that you're you're able to be more efficient day by day because yeah. you're starting to bring the end and the beginning mm-hmm. together up front yeah so you're and, starting to see yeah. where, where you need to be yeah and by doing that it shortens the middle yeah if you're thinking with the end you're like okay i'm gonna build myself bridges here so that I can get there quicker. Exactly. Rather than, I remember my first video took forever, and it looked like shit. Like it, and you had to spend hours editing. Oh yeah, I spent, <laughs> I spent like a week, like really working on this just to realize like this sucks. Yeah. Like this is, I didn't film. I just, I, I, I hadn't done it before. I hadn't done the the like a real edit. Like when I mean editing, like I'm trying to make something as good as I can meaning like I want to actually entertain someone like I want someone to, sp- to spend 20 minutes of their time which is valuable which we all, all only get a certain amount of it has to be good enough for someone to like trade in their 20 minutes to hear what I have to say so for me if I want to get as many people to do that as possible it's got to look as good as possible as as I have within my means right now yeah. and that's scalable too but so when I started, it was, I have never done this process before, so I'm just going to film what I think is cool, and then as I'm learning more editing techniques, I'm like, oh, if I would have just added some movement there, or if I would do a sweeping motion, I noticed, like, stills versus subtle movement of the camera, like, it adds way more depth to, like, what you're doing, so, like, if there's, like, a small sweeping motion, or, like, what I want to eventually do with this is get one here, like, I would, like, three, get one here that gets your face so when you're talking it's it's like you're in the camera um transitions can be middle and you have one here on my face and just the more like it's all taking the same amount of time it's it's building on that skill and reinvesting into the skill so when i make money off of marketing stuff some of that budget's going to advancement and equipment next thing i'm going to get is a micro like a what's called a shotgun mic so on here it, it it can plug into here and they have one that's either wired they can sit on top of that tripod and like go out and what it does is it only picks up the sound from here rather than everything um or they have one that like can fold out like that so like that's and that's something that's going to cost like 60 or 70 dollars like it's just but that's next step it's that yeah exactly next quality yeah. of and that's the key, though. You have to deal with what you have and mm-hmm. make the bo- most quality. It may not be the best quality out there, yeah. but it's what you're doing, what you have, the best quality with what you have. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, that's a life thing. Like, yeah. If you're not living up to your best quality, um, then you're you're selling yourself short. Right. Um, now, I'm not saying you're you're better than s- someone else that's that's you know ten years ahead of you in whatever field. But you you got to sell yourself at, at your best quality, not mm-hmm. at you know half of that. Yeah, that's not a fair that's not a fair fight if you're trying to compare yourself. That's 
where you were at the year where they were at 10 years ago. They have, they, they have 10 years ahead of you and you have to assume that they're going to keep working. So they're always going to be 10 years ahead of you. It just is what it is, but maybe not always 10 years ahead of you. You can learn from people and you can get to where you're only five years behind them. And that's a big difference. And you can even pass them. Yeah, exactly. That's true as well. But they're like right now where you're at, you can't compare yourself to someone who's got 10 years into it, you know? It's like comparing me to Dave Ramsey. Like exactly. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe maybe you do something that's even more impactful. Who who knows? Yeah, who knows? You know? Like there's yeah. no there's no way reason to not believe. Yeah. Yeah. But why why would you go into doing something? I want to help people out, but I don't want to help too many people out. Exactly. You know? like, that makes I, no I don't want to help more than him. Yeah. I'm, or I'll never help more than yeah. him. He's helped too many people. Yeah. Well, he's got his way of doing it. And maybe he impacts people in his way. Or they're in that in their team, but then I've got whatever my way is. You know, it, it impacts them in that way and impacts more people for a different reason. But I've got a I've kind of got a bold statement that might offend people. <laughs> I think that not valuing yourself is one of the most selfish things you can do. Oh, absolutely. Because you don't know, you don't know if you give your effort, you don't know who that can impact. And you're selling yourself short. And by doing that, maybe there's something that someone needed to hear that they never did because you weren't in the situation where you needed to be in because you weren't being honest with yourself. So by doing that, it's a chain reaction of there's one person, there's maybe thousands of people, who knows? There's people that had the potential to impact millions of people that did nothing about it because they they didn't look in themselves and say, hey, you've got better than this. That's where you're saying you compare yourself to like these super successful people in the same field, and like a, equipment's a big one. Like there's people that will, they're like, oh, I gotta buy eight thousand dollars worth of equipment before I even start. And it's like, that's that's putting the cart in front of the horse for sure. Like, oh, find your horse first. <laughs> find your horse first. Make sure it runs. Make sure it's fed. Make sure it's not gonna kill over and die. Yeah. And then invest in the cart. Yeah. You know. I mean, and that's that's in a personal, you know, experience too. I mean, mm-hmm. even you know, we just built a house. You know, we could come in and and just full blown stock it. You know, mm-hmm. we could put this and that, and I mean, I've you know, I can I can I've got a list of you know things, things you wanna I want to do, and I want the, the items I want to get, and to have this perfect house. But even if I got all of those. I'd still find more things to oh, yeah. get to make it perfect because it would never be because yeah. my perfect moves just like mm-hmm. our our capacity moves are mm-hmm. the perfect like and people talk about building a dream home well your dream home is your dream today but tomorrow it's not because and in the, in the middle of you building your dream home your dream changes mm-hmm. and so just I mean just in subtle differences of, of the house um, and then our dream of a home is is capped by our ability to pay Mm -hmm. so if there was unlimited money then you could build unlimited the house would look different if there was unlimited absolutely and but you would i mean there would still be some limit somewhere Mm -hmm. but that um the level of uh the level of dream is is always moving Mm -hmm. and so that's what and like you said you have to you have to be content at some level. And so being content at, 
you know, I'm going to start this with an iPhone, or I'm going to start this yeah. with, you know, back, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was a, an actual video camera. They didn't have iPhones, yeah. you know. So it was that, you have to start with what you can start yeah. with. Yeah, and I think, I think, I'm going to put an asterisk there, start with what you can asterisk, because, like, I think so many people are like, well, this is what I got, but it's like, max that out. Exactly. So, like, for me, I've got, yes, it's on this phone, but there's a, there's a camera app I paid, like, $17 for, completely changes how, it lets you manually take control of everything on the camera and turn it in, like, fully unlock everything it's capable yeah. of um, to what scene you want or whatever, and so it's, like, fully max out what you've got. And max out your knowledge, because mm-hmm. you and I are completely 180 degrees in this field, because I know how to take a picture and take a video. Yeah. I can I can edit the video by drawing a blue line on it. Mm-hmm. That's about as far as I can go, yeah. because I just don't know it. Yeah. I don't. I haven't do- dove into what can an iPhone mm-hmm. do. Um, I've seen the post, you know, scrolling through Facebook saying, are you using your iPhone to the fullest... Yeah, capabilities yeah. well no I'm not yeah. but I mean, we have this giant computer in our hands mm-hmm. but we use it to call people to text and to get on social yeah. media like that's yeah. 90% of it we're at such an advantage because this like in our hands what we've got is more than probably Bill Clinton had in the White House Absolutely. we have more capability in our, in our hands yeah. so like so what are you if, you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna start a business like you have like you have a shortcut yeah. you know you've got you've got access to any of the information you want like whatever you want the thing is yes I know all this stuff about it but I didn't know about it um, probably six weeks to two months ago yeah. I knew nothing about it and it's funny I uh, a friend of mine um, he got in a good opportunity to where he's um, he's gonna be able to do independent contracting for like roofing inspections and like he found a company where it's like through insurance companies they're backed by it um, rather than an outside um, guy that you're bringing in yeah. so like they get preferred clients from this insurance company and stuff so he's got a good opportunity there but like he's a af- he's afraid of being on roofs he knows nothing about roofs and I told him this story of my first day on the job as a mechanic and like how I got the job I was transparent with him I was like look I've worked on my own cars I've done I listed out the jobs I had done before and um that I what sold him is the cover letter I wrote saying um I'm I think I'm built for the job because I know like I do the same with people like I process the information and that's where I get my diagnosis from so I look at the problem, process the, the supporting information, come to a conclusion and plan of attack, readjust. Like I do, I was like, so I think I'm built for this. I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. And he took a chance on me. I got the job by being honest. Um, and my first day on the job, I quickly realized I'm not working in the driveway. Yeah. There's customers in the waiting room and I'm under the clock and he's got somewhere to be. And this job says it takes this many hours. That's how many hours it needs to take. Um, and someone's counting on you. Someone's counting on me, yep. So, to do your job, my right? First, my first day, I had no idea what I was looking for. The The check engine light was on. I barely knew how to use a scan tool. Like, I'm like, okay, this is this code. Let me look up everything. Like, I was very much used. I was really trying to use my phone to learn. And um, 
Anyway, I changed the spark plugs. I don't even think it does anything. I would probably know what's wrong with the car now, you know, based on the knowledge I've gotten. But at the time, I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and putting the ignition coils on, which the ignition coils are what sends the signal to help the uh, spark plugs um, uh, fire. And um, I, when I put the bolt in, I did it too tight, and I sheared the bolt. And, like, that, that makes the car misfire if it doesn't have that connector. So we had to put a self-tapping screw in it and get it to stay on there. And that's my first day. got my ass kicked. And I feel so defeated. Second day, got my ass kicked again. I, for, I, I didn't fix whatever. Like, I, like I was just making so many mistakes. Um, not, not anything that was, like, blowing up people's cars or anything like that. Um, but I was making mistakes. And um, so by day three, like, I'm feeling so down. I talked to Kayla, my wife, and I'm like, I think I'm just going to talk to him, tell him that, you know, I gave this a good run, this and that, to kind of say my goodbyes. I even go up there. I'm almost crying. Like, I've, I've, I'm, my pride is hurt because oh, yeah. I look like an idiot. And, like, I put myself out there to look like an idiot. And so I go up to the office. I'm, like, basically saying my thank you, farewell, you know, thanks for the opportunity. I just – I don't think that I'm at the, at the skill level you need right now. And he's like, well, hold on. He's like, wait a minute. Um, you've been nothing but honest with me up front. Um, you've, you know, you told me this was your skill set, you know, but you can learn quickly. And I'd been there three days, so he didn't expect me to know everything then. Um, I was fortunate to have him as a boss that was understanding. Um, and he was like, well, hold on. So what we'll do is we'll attack it as a team until you're on your own two feet. And I was fortunate to have a guy that he wasn't a mechanic, but he, he, taught engine building class in Honduras um, before he came over to the States. Um, so he, he had some technical knowledge. I leaned on him. Um, and then YouTube. And then um, he paid for a couple of classes for me to go to, um, some online classes to take that I could just study. And, and, you know, I did four or five classes as well. And between all of that, you know, at night, it was going home and learning on YouTube about called like scene. There's this YouTube channel called Eric, the car guy. And he was like a master technician for, um, Honda and Acura for like 10 plus years and owns his own shop now. But he goes, he treat, he teaches, he treats his YouTube channel like it's automotive class. He's Uh so detailed and he's got hundreds and hundreds of videos out and he's been doing it for 10 years. So I'm, I'm able to access 10 years of information like from my phone Yeah. And so I go from that to within a year, I'm, I'm separating the chassis from the car to replace bushings. I'm pulling engines out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm completely redoing AC like systems. Um, anything I'm completely disassembling a suspension, doing all of the suspension components. Like I'm doing all of this stuff, working on Range Rovers, which you're not supposed to be able to work on unless you go to Range Rovers school, basically. Um, and I'm, I'm learning all of this stuff within a year because, because I'm not afraid to fail. It's like, okay, uh, you know, I build myself, I, I try and mitigate my failure. Like I, I, I never took anything to where, because it's other people's cars, like if it was my car, whatever, you know, I'll deal, I, I can always fix it. But I build myself a bridge to where if I'm at a point of no return and I don't know how it's going to turn out, I can work my way back. 
but taking calculated risks yeah um and failing and learning and reapplying and so yeah I, I told that story to him and I'm like less than a year I'm you know I'm I'm doing what a full-time mechanic that's it's supposed to take years to learn or or what or you know the only people you hear about being mechanics their dad was one and like yeah. for I a lot of people the... yeah for a while, they've been working on cars they were 15 and it's like I learned this in eight months you know and granted I'm not saying I'm, I'm at that level but I would say I'm probably 85 percent of the way there and they've got the extra 15 of like the technical nuances and whatever specific skill but I can fix most things yeah. I got to that point and if I don't know how to fix it right now I can learn it I know where to look to where I can learn um so I was I was telling him that so it's like if you if you're okay with the temporary failure like the other side of it is so much greater oh absolutely and that's you have to get past that mm-hmm. like, that first and, and in any job that first um you know couple days or months or weeks I mean it can be months I mean I remember starting the job at Pine Medics was you know six eight months in mm-hmm. you're like crap is this really what I want to do is this really you know do I like this do, am I good at this am I but I'm I'm screwing up here I'm screwing up there mm-hmm. this is six months in where yeah. I'm like I should know what the heck I'm doing and I'm still screwing up but the the reality is is you're never reaching that that perfect because mo- mm-hmm. your your duties change your responsibilities change that the level of of uh perfection changes and so you're always having to you're always going to have to deal with the failure and i think if you start to realize you don't have failure is you're just coasting you're not mm. you're not pushing yourself you're not trying to do something different um, but even then i mean we're human we're not going to be um we're always going to have a problem with where we're at and i think if you're so if you're if, the the two sides of it is if you have that if you feel like you're at a problem and you don't like where you're at but you're not doing something to change it, then you have no, like, you, you can't just sit back and, I mean, it's the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. You can do something over and over again and expect a different result. It's, I mean, that's it's insanity. It's yeah. just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and so just realizing that you have to push through that initial, that complete failure of the beginning of anything, of mm-hmm. uh, business, of, and it's, it may be a business that you are so passionate about, you know a lot about, but it's the insecurities in yourself mm-hmm. that cause you to fail or f- fail at this, fail at that. And so you have that mentality of, I'm not good at this. I don't need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And you want to back out. I mean, I've done it with mine. Like, with my business is the first couple months, you know, and I wasn't working on it daily. It was just a kind of a couple days a week type of thing. And it was more of a, do I have what it takes? To, am I? Do I have enough knowledge in this financial world to help people? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to have enough knowledge in the financial world to help people. Like right. I can just help people. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I have life experience yeah. that can they can. Um, yeah, I think I think how how you how you look at it, like I think how you look at it, and if not, like this would be a good way to look at it. But I see it in your actions is that you kind of think about it is can I help somebody right now? Am I ahead 
can I, like, shorten the gap for someone? Absolutely. Like, maybe you can't shorten the gap for Warren Buffett right now. Like, he's... He's, <laughs> he's got to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, he's, he's pretty skilled. Though. He's pretty skilled. But maybe there's someone down the street that, like, doesn't know the concepts that you know, and you can teach that to them, and you can shorten their curve. So yeah. it's all about... Maybe you can't shir- shorten the world's curve, right? Maybe not right now, but maybe you can at one point. But... You can shorten other people's curves. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's about one thing I want to teach my son, like from the time you can understand of like how to earn money. If you can solve a problem, if you can solve someone's problem or multiple people's problem, and the better you can solve problems, the more money you earn. Absolutely. So it's all about, and it shouldn't necessarily, like money's not like always the exact motivation, but like. I feel as humans, like, solving other people's problems and, like, solving problems, like, that's what it's about. That's, you know, that's that's the, the good thing to do. Think of where you're working now, you're just getting paid because you're solving a problem, you know? Whatever standard job it is, whether that's, you know, checking out, like, being a cashier, they're starting to automate that to where you can do it yourself. But, like, you know, if you're mixing paint, like, you're solving, like, someone needs this color, they brought this color to you, and you're able to, because of the skills you've learned, you're able to create that color for them. Or you know where to find it. And you're shortening. They don't have to look up how to mix pain and all this stuff. Or if you know where it is, they're not having to wander around the aisles and look for it. You know, you're, you're solving someone's problem and you're saving them time. Yeah. And so they're willing to trade you money for saving them time. I mean, that's as simple as, I mean, you fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, the... The cashier that they sit there and think, well, I'm just I'm not, I'm at a mindless job, mm-hmm. but you're sol- you're still solving a problem. You're yep. solving their that client that comes in has an issue with they don't have enough time to go home, cook something, mm-hmm. eat it, and then go back to work. Yep. So you're going, you're saving them time, and you're using your abilities, your skills to help them in that process. Yep. Or it could even just be for the convenience sake. Absolutely. Like, you know, but before we started really getting into budgeting, you know, recently, um, and we haven't been like this in a while. We we noticed the problem and adjusted it. But there was a point where twelve hundred dollars a month was going to that convenience of oh, having food immediately, and our body paid the consequence. Like we didn't look great, um, and you know our wallets paid the consequence for that. It's like yeah, you have that convenience, but it's going to be at the cost. My point in saying that is, you don't know what someone values you know yeah um if someone's willing to pay for it then it's worth that you know um so yeah we've gone into that conversation yeah (laughs) what's what's a painting worth well i might think a picasso painting is only worth 15 dollars, but there's someone paying millions and millions of dollars for it you know and therefore it's worth that yeah it's worth whatever the highest bidder is willing to pay for something like that and that's where you gotta get get out of your mind mindset of sometimes where people are like, well, it's not worth fifty bucks, mm. or it's not worth maybe not to you, but somebody may pay for it. Mm. So it it still is worth it, just not to you mm-hmm. or not to whoever. Yep. But, um, and that's I mean that's the value we put on anything. Mm-hmm. Like we put, you know, is my time worth doing this action? Mm-hmm. And or am I going to get a return on this action, mm-hmm. especially business wise? Like, that's a struggle for me in my business. Is I'm, you know, I'm working twenty, thirty hours a week now on my business. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not getting paid. I'm getting paid less than a dollar an hour if you look at it that way. Yeah. Like, it's not... My return is not getting... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not getting a return on my time right, right now. Um, but I have to accept that because I know that there's a there's a future of, okay, I'm not efficient now, but as I get down the road, I become more efficient and more... Um, I grow the business and more, you know, I start to make more money, which becomes more efficient, which ultimately means I'm helping more people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the, the majority of it is, is that you've got to understand that there's a level of that, that learning curve. The mm-hmm. beginning, yeah, there's a reason the exponential growth curve is is so low, so flat mm-hmm. for the longest time. And then all of a sudden it jumps up. Yeah. I was like just about to bring that up. Like, um, there's this guy named Andy Frisella. Um, he, he plays success curve looks just like a hockey stick. Yeah. It's, it's nobody sees they, they think that's just flat ground. Yeah. You know, you look at the curve, it's so close you to think zero. It's, it's so close to zero and then it gets a little thicker. And then all of a sudden that fan comes up and then all of a sudden you're up yeah. and then they're like, Oh, Whoa, I saw you from here to here, yeah. but they didn't see all of this time. They only see the six months. It's the overnight success yeah. that took 20 years. There was, um, I don't know if I talked to you about this last week. I think I watched it this week. But um, I was I was watching a podcast between Joe Rogan and Kevin Hart. And he was talking about, uh, Joe brought up the question of like, when was your moment? Like, what was, what was that moment? What was that time that, like, you're like, this is something. Like, my career's taking, like, I'm, I'm on a different level now. Like, I'm. I'm not, I'm getting out of here and I'm starting to really get successful. He said it was something totally unexpected. He had just done his first comedy short, gotten a little bit of traction. And then, um, he was about to record this one called seriously funny. And he, like, he meant it. Like I've been putting the work in, I've been mastering my craft. I'm seriously funny. Like seriously, I'm, I'm good at this. Like I'm ready. And, um, so right before it, there is this, um, Shaq did this all-star comedy jam and it had a, it had a pretty decent lineup and um they asked if he wanted to do it his agent asked if he wanted to do it and he's like well shit I'm recording this in like two months three months um I don't want to burn my material no like, just use whatever like it's just gonna be 15 minutes to use the stuff that that you want to use so he had no pressure in the situation he's like all right I'll go into it I'll, I'll do it whatever and um does great um, there's no stress. He's just using like other stuff that, that isn't going to make it into his, his special. And then all of a sudden, well, when he was like, this, this could be big is, um, he was the last person when it ended. Um, it, it does a slow motion of him, like doing the peace sign up and walking off stage. And like, he was like, he felt like, he's like, Oh, this looks like this is the guy. Like yeah. he, he got goosebumps on that. And then after the, the special aired, he was in New York. And normally he did like one or two bookings, like when he traveled. And for the next eight days, sold out show, sold out show, sold out show. Like they were like, we, it's gone. Like the tickets are gone. Do you want us to do another one for Wednesday? Sure. Hour or two later, hours later, it's gone. All the tickets are gone. Do you want to do Wednesday night? Do you got time? When? He's like, sure. So he was doing one or two a day for like eight days straight selling out selling out selling out and he's like it was right after it aired turns out showtime was airing it like all the time like several times a day nationwide 
and just blew up. Seriously Funny came out. He crushed that, and then he just took off. Yeah. And it wasn't something he was even expecting. And he, he made a point. He's like, you don't know what that rocket fuel is going to be. So you better know how to drive a rocket. Because <laughs> you get that fuel and you don't know how to drive that rocket, you're going to crash and burn. I mean, I think that's where, um, you know, it comes into play where you don't expect, you don't, he didn't expect it because, mm-hmm. and he may have expected it at some level at mm-hmm. some point, but right then he was not. He didn't think he was on that yep. that curve right there. He thought he's still in the the he growth. in the work. He's like, we'll see what happens. And that's you know, I think I, um, when we worked together, it was the um, the S curve is what they what he what they call it. Like our careers is is on an S curve, mm-hmm. and so you have this, um, and you can create it to where it's um, you you. I guess you get to this point where you have this growth. And you have this exponential hit, and then it, if you stay there, if you stay in that mindset, it levels back out. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't change something and drop it, like if you don't do something different or put yourself in another, um, maybe another position or another responsibility, then you can come back down to that growth. And so, mm-hmm. like, most people's career is, okay, I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to work my way up to, okay, now I'm a manager. Yep. And then now I'm a... CEO, well, then you have to learn the CEO role. Yeah, um, that's your new. That's your new. That's your new growth. Really curve up to now. And now you're, you know, you're exponentially a better CEO. Mm-hmm. Well, now what? I mean, now you got to find something else. Yeah. That, now you're now you're consulting Fortune 500 companies or whatever. So you have to find something different to keep that flow of information, the flow of wisdom, flow of mm-hmm. you know, learning um, coming in and out because. But that's where, like, he didn't know he was on that. And nobody, well, you won't know that. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you are on that exactly. You have maybe a range of, okay, I'm just starting them definitely over here. Yeah. But, you know, six months in, and, and, and then how, how how quick is that? Yeah. Like, is this, a, like, the timeline of, is it zero to one year, or is it zero to ten years? Yeah. Is my growth at the seven year mark that exponential? Yeah. Or is it at the two year mark? Yeah. And that's where, I mean, now it all depends on how much time you put in. Are you Mm -hmm. putting in two hours a week? Yeah. Or two hours a month? I mean, it it, it plays a big role. If you're putting two hours in on on a business, um, it's going to take you a lot longer. Mm -hmm. But if you're putting 40 a week, yeah, it's going to compound a lot quicker. It's going to compound a lot quicker. And it's not about how much money it brings in it's just a matter of how much more you learn and how quick you learn and grow to get to a certain point yeah because because for anyone to be successful long term in a business you can make quick cash if you can if you know how to market you can make quick money through through advertising but if there's no meat to what you're offering or if there's no if the value is not there it won't so like my point saying that that time is spending on like you're creating that value to where once that opportunity hits, you've created so much value that you get that shot and you're like, boom, yeah. it's an explosion because the value's there and you just get enough eyeballs on it or you get enough, you meet the right person that can take that value proposition up. And it's, it's all of this, all of these skills you've acquired. It's all of this discipline you've acquired. It's all the back end time. It makes it to where you're, you feel like you're time traveling yeah, right there absolutely. because it, it, it's growing so quickly. You're like, wow, like 
six months ago to now, it's like we're in two totally different planets. But you were in this, you were in that, you were growing. You knew, like, I know within me I'm growing and, like, I'm changing. I'm like, oh, all of this change, like, all of this growth. But from an outside perspective, you're in the same spot and all of a sudden you teleport. Yeah. But you, it, you've been growing this whole time. It's just the, the fruits of your labor haven't come. And that's, that's where you look at, for a tree has to mature before it can fruit. Yeah. It could be years, years and years. I was, um, I was talking to a guy where his family, um, they own a pretty big, like, walnut uh, farm. Um, or it's some sort of, like, tree nut farm. And they, they have something like, I think they have something ridiculous, like, either 20,000 acres or something something massive but they basically for all of texas they supply walnuts and i was asking them i was like so like from the time you plant to harvest how long does it take the tree to be ready and he said it's about 10 years it's about 10 years of that tree maturing growing care before they can make money off of it yeah and and think i mean most businesses are like I'm not gonna get a return for ten years. Yeah. I'm doing that. Yeah. I'm, I want to return tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I think it goes into our personal life too. I mean, mm-hmm. we want returns on anything we do mm-hmm. tomorrow. Like we want to do, we want what we want, and we want it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, or today for that matter. But you've got to be able to back off from that and have some some level of content of uh, where you're starting or you're always pushing yourself beyond your limits and it's causing you to um, I'm not I'm not saying from a motivational standpoint but from a actual financial like my abilities I can't I can't go buy a million dollar house mm-hmm. or whatever like I just can't I physically cannot mm-hmm. do that and so you have to you have to live within the physical means from a mental standpoint go as far as I mean push yourself to uh, you know whatever limit you want yeah this guy was doing um he was the CEO of Quest um and he um he does interviews like he would interview for a long time he would he would personally do the interviews until it grew to where he's got 1400 employees he can't he can't do the hiring process for everybody his time isn't worth that but when he was hiring those initial people um one of the questions he asked um, in every interview, he was like, all right, let's pretend, I think he used a water bottle, but he's like, let's pretend this coffee mug isn't a coffee mug. It's a magic genie lamp. And, um, you rub it, you, you get whatever wish you want. It's magic. Like you get whatever you want. Like it's, there's no limits to what you can have. And he like prefaces it with that. And he's like, obviously you can't bring people back from the dead. Like all that, like what within the normal means of like, if it were a genie, what would you wish for? Um, and granted it's skewed a little bit cause you're at a job interview. Some people would be like a job and it's like, okay, but like what was so common and what blew his mind for the longest time, the most consistent answer was a million dollars. And his thought was like, why don't a million dollars won't even buy you a house in LA? Like, which is where I think he was running his company out of. And he's like, he's like, you, why don't you get a trillion dollars? Why don't you get and he realized to them they're just thinking of an astronomical number to them yeah. from where they are yeah from where they, so they're like a million dollars might as well be a trillion dollars yeah and like he had to realize that that it, it was like where his where they're like where they were in life the level they were at in life that's 
that was an unreachable amount of money to them. They're like, I'm never going to see it. So like million dollars, you know, and to him, he's not at that level, you know, a million dollars is like, you know, he probably spends that in expenses at his company, you know? Exactly. So it's like, it's like trying to tell them or tell a five year old, you know, or ask them how much is it? I mean, what is a million dollars? What is a hundred dollars to them? Yeah. What's a lot of money to I mean, you? hundred dollars might yeah. be a lot to a kid. You know, exactly. And a dollar, you know, for that matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they see, I mean, the, just the difference of seeing four quarters and a dollar bill. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, this is way much more, mm-hmm. but they don't, they just don't get it at that, at their level. Mm-hmm. Now, as they get older then they start to see that that mat, that, that means the same, but still, even then it's like, okay, uh, one piece of paper dollar hundred dollar bill and one dollar bill they look the same to them or twenty one dollar bills exactly you know and then that's a lot more money than the one hundred dollar bill and it's it gets all about what they can see and what based on their knowledge their wisdom that's what they think mm-hmm. and it's the same with as us as as adults we sit there and go you know, I want a million dollars because a million dollars is so far from where I'm at right now. So how was your week? It was good. It was it was really good. They had a lot of um, got a lot of it done. Um, I think I'm. I have to go back and look, but I mean, it was very productive. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, I mean, I think I may have uh, missed one thing over the weekend that I didn't get done. Mm-hmm. Um, personal life got in the way. Yeah. Um, which is is all is is a struggle for sure, but um, I think it, it's good to. I mean, last the week before was was a complete failure, complete flop, mm-hmm. and so it was. I mean, having the conversation about it was helpful. Yeah, I think if had we not had that conversation last week, of you know it was a complete flop. Yeah, it would have been like, so what? And yeah. I kept I I'd have, I'd have let that drag on mm-hmm. to this week and yeah. going. Well, I screwed up last week. I might as well screw yeah. up this week too. Yeah. But other like saying it out loud just gets it out there and goes, okay, that's that's not where I want to be. That's not my goal. And if 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 I want to get to that goal, I've got to do some of this. Yeah. And yeah, I'm gonna have a couple bad weeks or a couple bad days, but just having that long term of this is the long term vision. Like I know what I need to do today to get there, mm-hmm. but if I don't do it today. I've always got tomorrow yeah. to restart. And so that's just in that mindset. Of, I was in two different mindsets in the two different weeks. Last, you know, week before I was completely and and, and it's it's um snowball effect on that because you the first day screws up, you're in that mindset of crap, I, I failed today. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, if you don't come out of that and you fail again, then tomorrow is a failure and then it snowballs into the third day and you're like by the third day you're like oh crap the, the week's half over now yeah. might as well just chalk it up yeah and start over next week yeah. or and i think starting over next week is only the mindset of of um we're you know i, I know we're, we're having gonna have this conversation a week from now mm-hmm. and so that's my restart because that's where my account- yeah. accountability is but if if I have my accountability every day, then my restart is every day, mm-hmm. not every week. And so in the financial world, we're having to build that self-accountability. 
yeah, we have to have other people around us, but you also have to build that self accountability. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's with anything, with losing weight, with you know, building a business, with you know, your own personal finances. Mm. I mean, it, it you have to have that ability to um, build yourself and and understand where you are and understand how you can or how you work, how you think, so you can prevent yourself from failing day after day after yeah. day. Um, otherwise, it's a month after month after month. I mean, how many times do people with on diets go, well, I'll start next month? Yeah, or uh, everybody wants to wait for Monday. Yeah, well, and they, they and wait for Monday. You could start today, like now, yeah. your next meal. You could mess up breakfast and lunch and start dinner, you know? But it's that you want to give yourself that leeway of, mm-hmm. I screwed up earlier, so now I can screw up the rest of the day. Yeah. And then tomorrow comes, and maybe you don't start tomorrow right. And like, well, I'll just start Monday. Yeah. And then Monday comes, and you don't start Monday. Like, I'll just start next month. I'll start on the first. Yep. And it's I, th- a I think a big advantage to what we're doing too, and I think what I would encourage everybody to find someone to hold them accountable. Um, in a you know not necessarily like in a judgmental way, but yeah. like in a loving way. Um, what we're doing right now, people do once, maybe twice a year. I would say they do it at New Year's, and then some people reflect on their birthday as well, um, or like at a funeral. Like some people will reflect on life, um, but it's like, it has to be like major events, and we're doing it fifty-one more times, even if we're not doing it. Our, that's just with somebody else, and then you know, you, you get so we have we're readjusting our course fifty-two times at minimum of the year. Let's say this is the only time we did it and reflected on how we're doing and where where we're headed. Like, think about how much more intentional you're going to be with your time. If you, 52 times out of the year, you're, you know, at minimum, you're saying, okay, how how have I been doing? Where do I want to go? Are they meeting up? If they're not, how do I need to adjust course? Yeah. Rather than once a year saying, well, where am I at? You know, what do I, where do I want to be? And then leaving it at that. Because you, you lose track of that mm-hmm. day too, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's what they, you know, the... All the New Year's resolutions of, of growing and um, or losing weight or all, you know, people say, I'm going to get back in the gym. Mm-hmm. And January, a, lot, a lot of the people that go to the gym constantly, mm-hmm. they're like, I'm going to take my break in January because that's when the, the gyms are just so full. Right. And then, um, you know, come March, all of the New Year's resolution people they've are gone. fallen off, yeah. And they, you know, they're back into you know full gear. Anywhere from five five percent of them, you have a growth of about five percent, real growth of about five percent, and the rest of them have fallen off, and they'll yeah. be back next year. You know exactly. Um, how are you doing on time? I think I'm about to. You about wrapped up? Yeah. Okay. Got a cool shot of the horse back there. <laughs> Want to be on camera? That's cool. Where well, is not supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>